What's wrong with you people? I'm serious. This is Not Another Baptist Podcast, a weekly podcast about what two pastors are learning in the trenches of church revitalization. This podcast is sponsored in part by our friends at the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Visit swibbits.edu to find out more about what God is doing on Seminary Hill. What is happening, Kyle? I feel like I haven't seen you in forever, and it has been so absolutely amazing and wonderful. It's been my best it's, life now. How are you it's doing, been a man? Minute. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's been a minute. Uh, I'm doing well. Um, yeah, we've had a lot that's happened in both of our lives since uh, since we were last on here. And you know, I'm you, you go and record a couple of episodes without me because I'm I'm busy, and then. Uh, like all of a sudden you're leaving New Mexico yeah. and you are following me to the great state of Texas and, and, uh, and our kids are back in school and, and, yeah. and re real school and actual yeah. like, and, and Michelle is teaching school and yeah, there's been so much that's happened in the last like month since we've actually sat down and recorded a, an episode together. Yeah. So oh. it's, it's marginally good to be better. And I mean, to be back with you and, uh, you know, yes, we shared last Friday, uh, with Bart Barber, uh, who we affectionately call actually just me and my daughters. I've offered them a piece of candy every time they refer to him as cat dad, uh, with him. And, uh, and so they do and, and they will, and we will get to do that even more when we move to the great Republic of Whataburger. But for those that may have missed, last week's episode, I am in fact, uh, leaving uh, the land of enchantment uh, to go to Texas to serve as the associational mission strategist for the Collin Baptist Association, the sixth fastest growing county in the state of Texas, which is incredible. And uh, obviously, the, uh, the work is going to be hard and heavy. In uh, a great opportunity lies in front of all of our churches there as we aim to link together and to re-engage uh, the churches in that association, not so much for the association's benefit, uh, but because with all of those people coming into Collin County, uh, the need is is vast for more churches, for stronger churches. And so obviously the the latter is right up my alley with church revitalization, and the former is something where thankfully, I have the ability to phone a friend and uh, can call up Dr. Rizal or the, the folks at Texas Baptist or the SBTC and, and get some help when it comes to planning churches. But we're excited about the future. Uh, Bart is not because we will be literally a quarter mile from his house. And, uh, and so I have every intention of wrapping that house just about weekly. And, uh, <laughs> and but I also know that everything I do and say uh, can and will be used against me in the court of church discipline. As it and should. So, yep. so I have to keep that in mind that I am going to be his parishioner. And uh, and so so not only will he be my boss because he's a pastor in the Colin Baptist Association, but he will also be my pastor. And so he can not only vote to fire me, he can also vote to excommunicate me. And so he holds like the keys to my yes, eternal destiny yes. and my temporal destiny. And so that's a scary thought, so, the more that so, I think about it. So pastors, if you're listening to this, right, maybe you're going through a rough stretch in your ministry right now, but just know it could always be worse mm -hmm. because you could be Matt Hensley's 
pastor. Yeah. And, and so thankfully only one person has that, uh, that unenviable task. And that is uh, the illustrious Bart Barber. But I dare say, based on what I know about his experience, I think he can handle even Matt. Um, and uh, so, man, congrats. I don't know that I've said this yet, but congrats. Um, and super excited for you, especially that, that we will now be once again in the same state. Yes. A little bit further away than we were in New Mexico, um, but, but in the same state, hanging out at state convention meetings again. And uh, it's going to be fun. Yeah. And, uh, and Bart would probably interject at this point and say that I have not been voted in as a member yet. And so there is still hope for First Baptist Church of Farmersville. Uh, but yes, we're super excited. Uh, you know, one of the, the reasons that we moved there is that is home for my family. You know, we're buried there and that's where my dad's from. Uh, but the other practical side of it is it's very close to all of the highways that I'm going to need to be on as I go and visit with pastors and so forth. Uh, but also, you know this, Kyle, uh, we're moving from a town of 56 people and a school where I think that's the entire enrollment. <laughs> and so uh, it's a small school here in Cloudcroft and the prospects of going to Allen, which is a great, phenomenal city. Uh, or Frisco, or Plano, McKinney, all of those are great cities, and we would love to raise a family there, but it was going to be epically culture shock for our girls to go from a school where their literal class, their graduating class, is the only people that they're ever around. You know, they have a class of maybe 15 to 20 people in each year, and so that's who they're with, and then now they're going to go into schools with hundreds of people, and uh, that is much better than perhaps a school of thousands of people like yeah. it would be in Allen. So we're, we're pretty pumped about it and looking forward to, in our case, uh, Farmersville also only goes to school Tuesday to Friday. And so we nice. still will be able to have our donut date and where our house is, which we should be closing on it as this episode goes live. Uh, that's the hope. That's the prayer uh, with a lot of prayer that that happens because we kind of need that house. <laughs> and so uh, because that, you know, derails everything if we don't. But we will close on that and be literally like a tenth of a mile or so uh, from a donut shop. And those of you that follow me on social media know that on Mondays, I take my daughters to get donuts. And so we will continue that tradition in Farmersville. And a fun little fact is that it's actually shorter to get to the donut shop in Farmersville than it is here in Mayhill. So wow, fun, fun. That's impressive. It is pretty impressive. That that, that is is strategic house uh, purchasing location. It it had everything we needed right by the the Mormon church. I mean, that's wonderful. Uh, No, we're right by the cemetery. So when I die, we don't have to do all the other stuff. The girls can just go dig a hole and toss me into our family plot there in Farmersville. We can walk around the corner and go to the donut shop. There's a place called Charlie's, which is an old-fashioned burger place. It also has Bluebell ice cream. Uh, but hey. when I was 24, so I'm, I'm 37 now. When I was 24, I was serving at First Baptist Church in Blue Ridge. And this place started a new eating competition known as the Hoss. 
And this is a two pound burger. Uh, there are two one pound patties that are then covered with wow. your cheese of choice and so forth. And of course, lettuce and tomato, but we toss that off because at this point, there is no reason to attempt to be healthy on this thing. And then you have to order a full side of French fries and onion rings. And unfortunately, unlike some of the other ones, you know, you don't get it free if you do eat it, but you do get it oh, on okay. the wall. And when okay. I did it, I was one of the very first ones to do it. And now I am going to be one of the last ones perhaps to attempt it again, because I do intend to do so. Uh, but yeah, so several years ago when we were in Blue Ridge, we ate this thing and they put my name on the wall on a piece of paper. Now they have like these little, I don't know what you call them, the little plaques and, and it has all of the oh, names okay. and the ages of the people that did it, where they're from. And it's literally all over the country all types of ages and everything. And, uh, and so it'll be fun to go back and attempt it. Again. So were you grandfathered in, did you get like a plaque when, when they, yeah, made so them? they still gave me a plaque. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's great. And okay. so, so now there's a whole wall of it because it, it is a, it, it's a, it's a big burger, but it was doable. And, uh, I mean, people of all ages are knocking it off and, uh, but, but it's also probably killing people too. So, you know, I'll either die from the burger, the Haas, or COVID. One of the two. I'm not sure. Yeah, there you go. So, one, well, one, one yeah. is more fun than the other, I dare say. <laughs> this is probably true. From, from what I've heard, for sure, we don't want to make light of that. But, but anyway, <laughs> we are coming back from the great city of Atlanta. And I remember yeah. when I was there last time for the Replant Summit, I was told by a few locals that they hate the term Hotlanta. Uh, <laughs> I don't care. We're coming back from Hotlanta and it was hot. And, uh, but we had a great time with the North American Mission Board Replant Summit. I believe this is the first one that has your name all over it. And so anything that went well was somebody else's, you know, yes. they, they get the glory for that. Anything that did not go well, that is all your fault. Yeah. Uh, that's just the way yeah. it works. And, uh, but it was good to be there. And so in this episode, we thought we would briefly just share a little bit about what we talked about. Uh, because both you and I were able to preach. You didn't really preach. You just gave a talk. Uh, but I, I preached a regular text in a text-driven manner because that's what I'm called to do. And uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, so, so we had a great time. I preached on surviving and thriving in the middle of nowhere, uh, which was a look at 2 Corinthians 4, verses 7 through 18. And then you preached on surviving and thriving under massive debt. And I don't even remember what your text was. We'll talk about that in a minute. But I, I would like to point out the irony of both of us having that topic and then running for the hills, running for Texas as fast <laughs> as we could. And so, yes, we, we survived and thrived in the middle of nowhere and under massive debt by moving away to Texas. <laughs> and so, so we just thought we would talk about that a little bit. So, Kyle, when you were at First Alamogordo and uh, you, you inherited quite a bit of debt. And uh, so first of all, for those of you that may not remember how much that was, or, or may have missed some of those episodes, tell us first, how much debt did you have at first Alamogordo? So by the time I got there, the original amount, I think was $1.1 million. By the time I got there, it was just under a million, maybe uh, 950,000, uh, something like that, with around 60 people. Uh, in attendance. And uh, so that's a, uh, if, you, if you do the math there, that's a whole lot of money per uh, Sunday morning attender. 
And yeah, so, so during the, the session, I just kind of shared our journey now and you know, and if I was preaching in a church, I would do a normal sermon since this was kind of a conference and, and the, uh, the topic was surviving and thriving. I just decided to share a little bit about, uh, first, first Baptist Alan McGordo's journey, both, uh, before I got there, as well as uh, some of the things that we experienced and, um, and, and, you know, how we handled debt or how we tried to, uh, handle the debt that we, uh, inherited as well as some of the, uh, some of the challenges that we faced because of the debt, some, some building issues, uh, some other, um, ways that, that, that debt really, I think, uh, hampered some of the ministry we could have done. We, we were able to do a lot, uh, during the five, just over five years that I was there, but we could have done more. If we had not been paying several thousand dollars a month to go onto dirt. And um, so I took uh, Proverbs, uh, I believe it's 22, 7, um, which, which is one that you'll know that is the, the ritual over the poor, the borrower is a slave to the lender. And so with that kind of as my key text, um, I just shared some of the realities of how I experienced that. And then um, shared some cautions really for um, for, for pastors who may be considering going into debt and, and, um, uh, basically it's, if, if you are a pastor and you, you and your church are considering going into debt, my first line of advice is don't do it. Um, and then if, if you, if you're still considering it, I would still say, don't do it. And then if, if you get to a point and it's absolutely necessary, then, then there are obviously some, you know, there, there are some situations where it would not necessarily end the way that I end up the way that the first Alan McGuardos did. But for, uh, for, for those that um, may find themselves in debt and, and the realities of it, that I, I had some uh, Adrian Rogers um, esque points only in that they were alliterated, Matt, not in that they, they were, they would have made him proud. Uh, and that's debt is distracting. It distracts from, it can distract from the mission. Debt is disruptive. Um, it was always in, in personnel and finance committee meetings, it was brought up. I mean, we, we always had this question, right. Of um, what, what we're going to do It was a distraction. It was disruptive in that there were things we would like to do that, that we couldn't because we had this, this debt, but but finally, because I, I wanted to end on it, I didn't want this to be a downer, right? Like this could end with, you know, debt that's, that can be distracting, debt can be uh, disruptive, don't do it the end, right? Yeah. But, but I, I ended with debt need not be destructive. Um, it, 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 yes, it is. It can be distracting, but it does not have to be um, absolutely destructive. And uh, so my my kind of closing encouragement is to keep the eyes on the mission, right? Because no matter uh, how much debt a church may be in, that, that doesn't let us off the hook to make disciples. And I uh, just shared a little bit about a tool that we use that, that I think was the single um, best financial decision that I made as when I was leading that financial leadership decision was to use this tool American called currency. CP stories. No, <laughs> called a uh, CP stories that the SPC executive committee puts out. And that is every Sunday they focus on an IMB missionary, a, a North American church planter, someone that was trained by one of our seminaries um, and, and just kept those stories in front of our people. So they understood when they gave that, that some of that money went to support uh, missionaries literally around the world. And, and so we were not just giving to pay down a debt. We were giving to uh, see the mission of the gospel move forward. 
And uh, so, yeah, that was my that was my 35 minute talk in three minutes or so. So I, I guess I really didn't need 35 minutes, did I, Matt? I could have done all that in three minutes really and we, we could have gotten out early. <laughs> I, I'm disappointed because while, while you did alliterate it, you had served up on a silver platter the opportunity to use one of those Ds as debt is dumb. <laughs> I did, but I don't want to plagiarize, right? I, I, didn't want, I didn't want to just rip. I didn't want to just rip Matt Chandler out of context and yeah. and you know go after him, go after him. So no. that's true. Well, mine was surviving and thriving in the middle of nowhere. And like I shared earlier, we looked at Second Corinthians four seven through eighteen, and Adrian Rogers too. Uh, would be proud of mine because I alliterated mine uh, with our reality of suffering, meaning we will suffer. Uh, that's ultimately promised to us, even as Christians, not just as pastors, but even as Christians. And so we see the reality of suffering in verses eight and nine, our reaction to suffering, suffering, ultimately how we respond to that suffering in verses 10 through 13, and then the reward for suffering in verses 14 through 18. And we concluded with the really the best part of all, and that is the reason uh, for, for suffering. And so I kind of started the whole thing with my, my bona fides, right? I shared, you know, yes, I was uh, in Little Rock for a little while. I was in Grand Prairie and Irving for a little while, but the vast majority of my time in ministry has been literally in the middle of nowhere. You know, Blue Ridge, Josephine, Pipe Creek, uh, and then, you know, May Hill, and now even in Farmersville, even though it's in a large county, uh, it still kind of qualifies as the middle of nowhere. It is small. And uh, so most of the restaurants there are mom and pop, you know, type places. And we do have a Sonic. I remember that very clearly because I got a speeding ticket there in May on May 21st uh, on my anniversary when I was coming back from Little Rock. But that's a story for another day. Uh, but when I shared all of that with the people, one of the things that I really honed in on was the reason that we have for suffering. And so we do have a treasure, and that's what we saw in the text of the gospel that we proclaim. And, uh, and so that's something to remember for us as pastors is we we're not necessarily incredibly gifted preachers, uh, teachers. We, we might be decent writers and so forth. We're, but most of us in that room, really all of us in that room, are average Joe preachers, barely hanging on by a thread at home and sometimes even at church and everything in between. And uh, But the same gospel that God placed in us for salvation, that placed in our mouths to proclaim as his mouthpieces here on earth, is what he placed in Adrian Rogers. The same gospel he placed in us, he placed in the Apostle Paul. And we can look up to and admire those spiritual giants like Adrian or Paul, but they had the same treasure the most unknown person in the room that we were in had for them. And, and that was really the point. The extraordinary power that Adrian Rogers had, that Apostle Paul had, was from God, not their great oratory or, or ability to write. Uh, and that, that is true for us as well. We all have the same gospel. We all proclaim it week in and week out. And it's not about us. It's about Jesus and what he is doing in and through our faithfulness. And so I said to them and, and what I say to those listening today, that we can survive in ministry. I mean, we can hit a rough patch. We can send out a resume, hope for a better opportunity. But at the end of the day, the biggest question is, will we thrive? Uh, and to thrive, we need to remember that we will suffer, but he's doing something 
when he's doing. In our suffering, he is working and doing something that's accomplishing something far more than we could ever ask or dream of or anything else. And there's a purpose and a reward waiting for us when we do. And so that's how I shared we can survive and thrive in the middle of nowhere, whether we're under massive debt or whether we're dealing with COVID or whether we're dealing with you know, that, that, you know, member of the church that's just driving us up the wall every day, uh, you know, we can still thrive uh, and know that we can stay in the fight as well. And so our call then is to lean into Jesus, lean on others. And, uh, and so, so yeah, that was, that was my talk. We had a great time. Yes. It was great to get to hang out with you in person. After yeah, you left me, <laughs> left me high and dry here in May Hill, New Mexico. And, uh, and so it was good to hang out a bit. And, well, you, you are, you are high there. You've not been so dry lately. I want to be very clear to those listening in. By <laughs> high, he means elevation. Yes. Yes. yes New Mexico, right. You can smoke whatever you want here, but he's talking about elevation and, uh, and I'll be going down to, uh, the surface of the sun, uh, yet very low in elevation. So I'm, I'm looking forward to having a little oxygen back in my lungs pretty soon. Uh, but uh, Kyle, real quickly, what what were some of the other topics that we covered before we wrapped up? Yeah, so um, Mark uh, Clifton shared about um, just kind of his experience at Linwood Baptist Church and taking a church of just a handful of people. And, and now they run 40, 40 to 50 and, and seeing a surviving in a once die, surviving and thriving in a once dying church. Um, Bob Bickford shared about uh, surviving and thriving in a uh, in a post-Christian culture, as he's experienced there just outside of, um, of St. Louis. Our replanter of the year, Colin Pugh, shared about uh, his experience of, of seeing a church come back to life in the D.C. area. Again, um, not an area that's necessarily friendly to uh, Christianity, and yet um, God has done an amazing work there. And of course, you and, you and I, and then um, Brian Croft uh, closed us out talking about uh, how to survive and thrive in the midst of adversaries and just shared a little bit about his story of uh, multiple firing attempts against him and in, in really his, the early stages of his ministry um, at Auburndale Baptist church. And, and now of course he's leading an organization called practical shepherding and doing a phenomenal job. And uh, so it was a, it was an incredible week. Um, we, we hope to have audio from those um, from each of the main sessions that will be posted to the church replanter site uh, here in the coming days. And so we'll, we'll send out some information when, when those are made available as well. So if you weren't able to join us in person, you can still listen and, and hopefully be encouraged by some of the uh, sessions that we heard in Alpharetta. Awesome. So, well, before we head out, fall preview day is the perfect time to explore everything a college has to offer. So Texas Baptist College is excited to welcome new students to campus for fall preview day on October 23rd. Students will have a chance to check out the campus, meet their professors, and talk to fellow students about their TBC experience. Visit texasbaptist.com forward slash preview to learn more and to register for fall preview day at Texas Baptist College. Now, back to the show. Yeah, so it was great to be in Alpharetta with you. I strategically uh, talk to the, I guess, the event planner or the travel organizer, whatever they would be called, and, uh, and, and talk to them about getting me in around rush hour. And, uh, and so I, I did not want to go from Mayhill, New Mexico, where the rush hour involves 
elk crossing the road yeah. to Atlanta traffic uh, for this thing. I would not no. be ready to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ <laughs> after something like that. Uh, but it was a great time, and I was encouraged by those. Even even our brother that shared about uh, DC, you know, the work that he's doing there, and and uh, you know, and in, in in some sense, you would say, you know, well, that doesn't really apply to me whatsoever. Uh, but it was also a call yet that the gospel is applicable wherever we yes. are, whether that's Mayhill, Dallas, Lubbock, or Washington, D.C. The same gospel that we proclaim uh, works wherever we are. And, uh, and so that was great. And uh, Kyle, as we wrap up, uh, what what is your greatest fear of having not another Baptist podcast together again in the great republic of Whataburger? What is my greatest fear Oh man, uh, my, my my greatest fear now is that when we run into each other at uh, state convention events, and and this year you and I will be at both Texas state conventions, um, that you have a bigger audience to embarrass me in front of, uh, <laughs> because there there are just a few more people at the at the state conventions of Texas than. Uh, at, at New Mexico's, uh, 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 typically the meetings that, that we would have in New Mexico. Yeah. Texas has just, just a hair more people. Yeah, I have every intention of like seeing you across the room and like taking off at a dead sprint <laughs> and like tackling you with a hug. Actually, no, I won't do that because I don't <laughs> really like to hug people. But, uh, but yeah, I will do everything I can to embarrass you. And uh, speaking of embarrassed, I was nice this time, and I did not take the opportunity to introduce you before you spoke at the Replant Summit with your uh, little diatribe yes. at SBC annual meeting in Dallas. So you are welcome for that. So I, I would you. like to hear you say thank you. I said, thank you very much, Matt, for your um, kindness and yeah. not replaying one of the uh, most embarrassing moments of, <laughs> of my professional life. Thank you. Oh, man. <laughs> well, man, I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for the work that NAM is doing through the replant team. Y'all are doing incredible work. It was a joy to get to serve alongside of you guys. And the, the neat thing about those situations is we're all practitioners. We're all yeah. really on the same page. We're all really on the same level, all that kind of stuff, just sharing from our heart what God is doing and has done in our lives and, uh, and to try and just encourage some of these people to, to hold on and uh, stick with it. Unlike Kyle and I, and (laughs) (laughs) so, so why don't you send us out, man? Well, thank you for listening today. And until next time, may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel you declare. I do declare. I declare. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We want to connect with you on Facebook at Not Another Baptist Podcast or on Twitter at NAB underscore podcast or our website at notanotherbaptistpodcast.com. Until next week, we encourage you to check out csbible.com to learn about the Christian Standard Bible, our favorite translation for its blend of readability and accuracy. Have a great day and God bless. What's wrong with you people?